So I hope you all remember where we are. We've been talking about fighting the enemy, the enemies within. Do you remember all the ites? Let me try to dive back in here and get started. I'm already behind in time to begin with. But you know what? When the Lord wants to move in worship, I think we need to learn to move with God. And if he wants us to worship longer, if he wants us to do something different, we need to be willing to do that. Are we spirit filled or not? Are we under the command of God or not? Does that mean God has to line up with our one, two, three system? No, it doesn't. It means we line up with him. And Robert, that was a great spontaneous song. That was good. And sometimes even as worshipers or worship leaders, we do not open the door for the Lord to move. And uh, John, I believe that was you. It was a great tongue and interpretation. Hallelujah for the Lord to move. And I desire more. I need a word from the Lord. We need a word from the Lord. All right. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 1. When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess. And has cast out many nations before you. The Hittites. The Gergesites. And the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Seven nations greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord, your God, delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them and sh nor show mercy to them. If you've not been here for the for the first uh, three or four weeks that I've started this, I've been making a case uh, by the word of God that all scripture is for our benefit. That all scripture has been given to us for our benefit today. New and Old Testament. Not just the New Testament. All scripture was given to us by God. And as we examine these seven enemies, all these ites, uh, I've kind of I've laid the groundwork and I'm not going to spend too much time tonight. But if you go back and you look it up in the Hebrew and the Greek, with it being Old Testament, it would be in the Hebrew... I'm going to give you definitions of what these ites mean and how even though these were the enemies of the uh, the nation of Israel, um, of the Hebrew people back in this day, they are still our enemies today. It tells us in this scripture that they're bigger than us. They're mightier than us. Who knows that the spirit of fear is bigger than we are? But with God, he already says he's delivered them to the to us. And we've got to go and take the land. They're already defeated by God. They're defeated by God, but we've got to go take the land. We've got to go conquer them. Or they're going to stay. Do you remember the children of Israel sat in the, in the, uh, sat in the desert while all these ites knew they were coming and knew they were defeated, but just walking around for 40 years going, where are they? Where are they? We know, we know they're coming. We've already heard what's happening. They're coming and we're dead. But the Israelites sat in the desert and didn't go take and conquer it. In fact, those that were there, those that were under that were over 20 didn't go at all. You remember, God kind of had to clean them out to where he had some fresh blood to go and take take over the, the land that the Lord had already provided. Are we are we together? All right couple of you are. 
This list that, I, that we've been going through does not include every enemy, but it's a good place to start. And in all likelihood, we've all dealt with some of these attributes of each of these enemies from one extent to the other. And as we begin to take a fresh look at the enemies that are on our land, the Holy Spirit will begin to show you which giants are there. And when you see it, as David said, charge that uncircumcised Philistine with the zeal of David because he's going down. Amen. First Samuel 17 verse 47 says, then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. We looked last week or two weeks ago or however many weeks ago it was at the Hittite real quickly. This word means terror, anger, fear, intimidation. This is a spirit of anger. This is for those that really struggle with your temper. Um, and we attacked it with scripture. If you uh, desire more from that, if you didn't hear it, download it from the website or get the CD uh, at the info table back there. The second one was the Gurdjieffite, which means dense or think. This is a man or, or woman that is ignorant or who, who exhibits a lack of power to absorb ideas or impressions. We're talking about a demonic spirit that interferes with a man's normal ability to comprehend. It, it just doesn't get through. There's something blocking your ability to learn from God's word, from God. After service, uh, the last time I taught on this, I had Ben and Amy Crace come up and t- tell me, said, Pastor, I'm so mad that I didn't understand a word you said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of it, you could hear it. One laughed and then all of a sudden it kind of spread over the rest. Oh, you started to get it. they were angry and they didn't understand. Now, anyway, okay, now you get it. It's important. You do not let your life continue to go by getting beat up by these enemies. Tonight, we're going to look at the Amorite. The Amorite. And if you look it up in the Hebrew, this is Hebrew. This is the Strong's number 567 and 559. You can go and look those up. Amorite means to say or to speak using words eloquently, to certify oneself. To consider self first, to emulate or to find fault in others in order to promote oneself. The revelation of this enemy's deal deals specifically with publicity, prominence and self-promotion. The Amorite knows how to use their words to promote themselves. They desire to be noticed, recognized and acknowledged wherever they go. This is the spirit of pride. They seek preeminence or the first place. They will publish rumors about someone else in order to get approval, acceptance, or respect. They want to be great. They desire fame, glory, power, recognition, prominence, authority, positions, and titles at any expense. Unfortunately, the pulpits are filled. The pulpits in the church today are filled with Amorites. All of the enemies that I've dealt with through the years, this is the most powerful one. This is what happens. This this enemy gets on performers, athletes, actors, ministers, politicians. They endeavor, any endeavor that lends itself to a person marketing themselves is susceptible to the help of the Amorite. Now, again, 
to an extent, you know, we all want to do better. We all want to succeed, but there's a fine line between succeeding properly and succeeding under this spirit. Are you with me so far? Preachers who market their gifts, their callings and anointings many times are full of this spirit. They're trying to build a bigger building, increase their church membership, get more partners. Now, Church, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to grow this church. But let me tell you, it is for God's glory. Regularly do I have to lay this before him because I could get hung up with numbers. I'm a musician too. We're up here in the spotlight. Let me tell you, pride wants to get you. Pride wants to get me. And if I don't, if I don't stay on top of it, it will get me. If you don't stay on top of it, it will get you. John 5, 43 says, I have come in my father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his name, own name, you will receive him. A son of God never seeks to build his own kingdom. Instead, he is constantly removing the crowns that the world gives him and laying them at the Lord's feet to help build the kingdom of God. On the other hand, people with this Amorite spirit are skilled in their own words to make the people desire what they have. They will say that they never ask to be treated any differently than the others in the congregation, but the Amorite within them is always subtly prompting those around them to give him a crown. Jesus was such a son that he fled when the people tried to make him a king. He sought the praise that came from God alone. This desire for prominence is a mystery of iniquity that must be revealed by the Lord so that they can be free. Mark 9.34 says, but they kept silent for on the road they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. And he sat down, called the twelve and said to them, if anyone desires to be first. He shall be last of all and servant of all. Matthew 23 verse 5. It says, but all their works they do to be seen by men. They make their phylacteries, is that right? Phylacteries broad and enlarge their borders of their garments. They love, they love the best places at feasts, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called by men, rabbi, rabbi. But you do not be called rabbi for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Luke 14, 11. Whoops, do I not have that one? I don't. Let me read Luke 14, 11. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Can you see that God's, God's kingdom works almost... O- Usually in opposite of the way the flesh wants to operate. You want to be first, be last. You want God to promote you, get down and dirty and do your part where you are now. You want to be exalted, humble yourself. You want to receive, give. Amen. Next is the Canaanite. 
please, as I have said over the last few weeks, try to look deep. Don't you know, I can quickly I've taken about five minutes, 10 minutes on the uh, on the Amorite. But the, the spirit of pride is so big. I mean, I hate to even move on. Remember to don't let this just go over your head and, and say, "Ooh, good teaching. No, try to identify it. Are any of these affecting your life? And it's time for you to get nasty and to take the word of God against it and drive them out. Next is the Canaanite. This is Strong's number 3669, 3667, 3665. The Canaanite means peddler, merchant, or trafficker. It comes from the root word that means to bend the knee or, bend the knee or to humiliate oneself, to bring low or to subdue. Christians that have this spirit are negotiators and compromisers. Their favorite statement is, let's make a deal. Canaanites are traffickers in materialism. They're always looking for a way to make a profit. Jesus said that we must count the cost of discipleship, but Canaanites are always counting the benefits instead of the costs. They will compromise almost anything to stay on the job and to make big money. This is the spirit of compromise. Church, this is where our nation is. We have compromised everything. We've compromised the Ten Commandments. We're about to compromise the national anthem. We're about to compromise our Constitution. Everything is at risk right now in America. Do I believe to this spirit? I think it's a spirit of pride. I think it's a spirit of compromise. And it's not one man's fault. It's where we have been going for the last 20 years. How long ago was it that the Ten Commandments were taken out of schools? Ten years? Twenty years? Ten? Ten? When did prayer go out of schools? Thirty? Do you see? It's where families are. I mean, this is something that Elizabeth and I have to battle every single day is what are we willing to let our kids read, let our kids watch? What are we willing to watch? What's funny is we sit there and monitor our kids, but we couldn't care less about what we watch. I mean, we, we, we couldn't care less how we filter what we watch. They will compromise anything. Many, many believers fit this profile. They're negotiators and diplomats that can get along with anybody regardless of what that person represents. They're the nobles that can never take a stand in war because they land on both sides. Canaanites will betray a brother or sell out the Lord for their 30 pieces of silver. Of course, no Christian would do this consciously would consciously betray the Lord for carnal possessions. But the enemy is so much more subtle than that. Remember, all these seven enemies abide in the realm of the mystery of iniquity. The Lord must deliver the, this enemy before us in order for us to see the compromise in our life. If, if the Lord doesn't reveal it, compromise is going to win. They are bigger and stronger than us. But the Lord is the defeater. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. 
Can I stop? Uh, well, everybody help me remember. Well, I'm out of time. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you five more minutes, and I'm going to try to finish uh, the Canaanite. Remember to realize that no one ever leaves the place of God's will believing they will compromise. They are compromising or selling their inheritance. The serpent manifests more subtly than any other beast of the field. Instead of simply admitting that the price of discipleship is too high, many Christians will find fault with those whom the Lord has placed over them in, a, in an attempt to justify their compromise. Did y'all catch that? I've been there. I've blamed other people to make me feel good about what I was compromising. Can you imagine a man standing before the Lord and trying to excuse his unwillingness to pay the price of being a disciple? He might say, Jesus, I didn't know that you sent me to all good to be discipled, but the pastors or deacons there didn't understand me and they treated me wrong. And besides, Paul has got problems. Tell me something I don't know. But when the Lord tries to deal with you so many times, I'm not you, us, so many times we turn around and find somebody to blame and leave so that we can feel okay about ourselves. Can you imagine the Lord going for that excuse? It's easy to see it now with everybody doing being in pretty good shape, but everybody's been in that shape before and justified walking out, whether it's relationship, whether it's job. And we sit there and blame somebody else for our wrongdoing. The truth is that the Lord knew all the leadership shortcomings before he sent that man to all good. I know that neither my wife, my children, any uh, another minister or Satan himself can cause me to lose my inheritance. I alone am responsible to stay on the path that the Lord has chosen for me. You can't lose it for me. Hallelujah. Justin, I'm sorry I'm looking at you, but I know you won't get your feelings hurt. You can't. You can't lose it for me. Only I can. Hey, Steve. We missed you. Amen? Amen. I alone. I don't believe that any of us will be allowed to use another man's actions as an excuse for our disobedience to the heavenly calling. It's a sad day when the child of God sells his inheritance in the kingdom for a bowl of soup. In spite of the fact that Jacob took advantage of Esau's hunger to steal his brother's birthright, God judged Esau for despising his birthright by letting it happen. Esau feared the loss of his life more than he loved the inheritance of his father. Similarly, many men of God today fear the loss of their own self-life and ambitions more than they fear, more than they desire the kingdom of God. And as a result, a root of bitterness has gone deep and become an obstacle that keeps them from finishing their course. Look at Genesis 25, verse 31. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, look. I'm about to die. So what is the birthright to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. 
So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. And he ate and drank and arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Hebrews 12, verse 14. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble. And by this, many become defiled. Do you see that? We become defiled by that root of bitterness. Did y'all catch that? It's easy, again, church, it's easy to just let these scriptures go right by, but it's the root of bitterness that enabled us to miss it. It's what we do with what we with our relationships that cause us to miss it. I hope one thing you get out of this that I can't your pastor is not going to cause you to lose your birthright. Your wife isn't. Your husband isn't. It's up to you. Are you with me? Where am I at? 16. Lest any, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau for one, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected for he found no place for repentance. That's a biggie. Though he sought it diligently with tears. Don't leave here tonight without knowing that there comes a time in your walk where you can go so far that there is not repentance available. Repentance is a gift. Though he sought it with tears diligently, he found no place for it. First Timothy chapter six and having food and clothing with uh, these, we shall be content But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and snare and into many foolish, harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from their faith in the greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. If you recognize that you have been in agreement with the Canaanite, you must ruthlessly war against this enemy in your life. Do not wait until you lose your inheritance. Like Esau, you can come to a place where there is no more room for repentance. Only the Lord knows where this place is, but I want to live as far away from that line as I can. Praise God for the gift of repentance. Live your life holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy for the Lord. You will never lack for anything. Whatever job or material blessing that you refuse to give up to follow the Lord will never be worth the loss of inheritance that the Lord has for those who will deny themselves to follow him. Matthew nineteen twenty nine says, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. First John two fifteen. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides 
forever. Amen? I've got one prayer request I need to add, and then we're going to pray, and I'm going to dismiss. This uh, lady is named, if you don't have your prayer list, we've got prayer lists in the back. We've got prayer cards in the back. Please do your prayer cards. Betty Robinson, just like it sounds, B-E-T-T-Y-R-O-B-I-N-S-O-N. Just had knee replacement surgery, praying for healing. Betty Robinson. Terry, we're glad to see you. Terry's the second one on this list. Did they leave? Did he step out? Okay. We're glad he's here. He's out of the hospital. Let's just pray together. Father, I just come against, Lord, these two these, these two uh, squatters, these two spirits, the spirit of pride and the spirit of compromise. Lord, as, as insignificant or as uh, basic as it may seem tonight, these are two of the main enemies that we have the spirit of pride and the spirit of compromise it's two of the main enemies that i have lord i thank you that you have given us victory over them i ask you lord to help with the discernment of your holy spirit to identify them in our lives and lord for us to learn that uh, the spoken word the word of god that nothing can stand up against the word of god And that if we would open our mouths according to your will, that these things have to flee. Your word says that if we would, if we would, um, um, oh, Lord, help me. Submit to the Lord, resist the devil, that he will have to flee. I thank you, Lord, that pride and compromise have no stronghold on me or this church. And Lord, I just ask you to help us to drive them out according to your word and according to your will. Lord, we just ask for healing for those here on this list. We ask that Terry would fully recover as he's come home today. Lord, over Betty, Lord, over Nettie and Jacob and Kelly. Lord, we just plead the blood of Jesus over them. And as I was reading today, Lord, that we can confess your word. And Lord, by your stripes, Lord, these people here on this list are healed. That's according to your word. We thank you that you are the healer. I thank you that you are our breakthrough. You are the source of our breakthrough. And of our deliverance. Now Lord your word says if we'll just come after you. You will take care of us. Help us to come after you wholly. With everything in us. And Lord, let us not not be afraid to pick up the stones and to slay our giants in our land. Just pray for healing and, and for restoration and for breakthrough in everybody here tonight. I thank you for the manifestation of your spirit tonight. I thank you for the worship. Lord, I ask you to abide here. Holy Spirit, we ask you to inhabit here. Be found here. And Lord, as we pursue you, we just ask you to grow this church as you would see fit. Bless the rest of our week and everybody here in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hope you have a great rest of the week.